Shomrabyog. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to On Shomrabyog. Welcome back to the Digital Tiny Room. I am the Michael of Michael and Benjamin's podcast, and I am joined, as always, by the man who, contra- in contrast to this week's topic, is never changing. It's Benjamin J. Colopy. Hello. I likes what I does, and I sticks with it. Um, I don't. I don't do any kind of change, Michael. I don't like change. Just leave me in my tiny room to be as I am. Okay, I will. Benjamin, we're also joined this week in 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 kind of unison. Then, in unison with the week's topics, we're joined by the man who is ever changing. <laughs> yes, Doctor Stephen J. Gadwell. Hello, hello, hello. That was three my three different voices from three different faces because I'm changing. I am exactly. I'm in perpetual motion. It's good. I like it. I like it. Do you want to hear something that never changes, lads? Yeah. <gasps> Music for the podcast. We don't actually have anything music. <laughs> it was the theme music, Ben. It was the theme music. Call us off guard. Benjamin and Stephen. This is oh, this is going to be a, this is going to be difficult for me now to to do that. Um, Benjamin and Stephen, have you seen any bloody trailers for anything this week? We bloody have, Michael. You know we have, Michael. Michael, if I was to say the word toasty, what would it mean to you? Uh, well, in the West, Ben, it would be uh, a kind of a toasted cheese sandwich. You might have it some would. hang on it, Ben, and make it a hang sandwich. It would indeed. For, it would, you that, are perfectly correct. For me, I think I'd have Michael. to smash the Y button or something. I, I can't remember exactly what it was. That's good. Let's never leave the remote with Stephen in a pub. <laughs> um, so... Anyway, uh, what came out this week, Michael, was, of course, the Mortal Kombat trailer. Now, Benjamin, hold on a second. This has snuck up on me, Ben. Yes. Like, I, 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 I knew this was happening, but mm. I thought it was way down the line. And it has just appeared out of nowhere. Like Scorpion appearing behind you after he teleports off the other side of the screen and then punches you in the back of the head. Gotcha. <laughs> and then Ed yeah. Boone appears and goes, Toasty! <laughs> Yeah. Is it Ed Boon so, or John Tobias who does that? I, no, I couldn't okay. tell you. We're not that Let's, deep. We're not that deep in the Mortal Kombat lore. No, we're not. We're not hardcore Mortal Kombat fans. I don't think are we? All are right. Well, us? yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we've heard of Ed Boon though. <laughs> I haven't. The creator uh, of Mortal Kombat, Ben. Okay, I see. I see. I see. I see. I see. So, Michael, this came out, and the reason it probably snuck up on you is it hasn't got that many big names attached to it. It. it I watched the trailer, and this is probably me and my own flaws, gentlemen. Yeah. yeah. But I watched the trailer, and I went, okay, I recognised nobody. Right. So you would have mm. probably been more excited if there was a Margot Robbie in it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I would have watched a Margot Robbie. Yeah, or if there was coming. a Simu Liu. Yeah, sure, that rings a, a vague bell somewhere he's, in the back of my brain. He's doing Iron Fist, not Iron Fist, Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. It it might be very clever budgeting because if you think about it, if they put in a Margot Robbie, there goes half their budget. Whereas if they stack the ensemble cast with loads of TV actors and less less high budget actors, then they can spend more money on visual effects and, you know, sets and costumes and and it does look expensive. Yeah, it looks really It looks like a very it looks like a very, very high budget fan film. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's exactly what it looks like. I could not have put that better. It looks like a high budget fan film. And who are any of these people? Well, I'm there for it. I'm 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 queuing up in my sitting room to 
<laughs> That's probably where you get to watch it because it's coming out on HBO Go. Oh. So it's going to be released in full on their streaming service. So the the trailer I thought I thought the trailer looked very good. I thought Scorpion's powers looked very good. I've always wondered what happened to Jax's arms. <laughs> it turns out it was sub zero. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we know now. But here's where it loses me. It loses me in the IMDB description. Oh. Alright, I'm gonna read it out to you. Okay. I can't do the movie trailer voice, but you're just gonna have to imagine I am. Okay. Alright. MMA fighter Cole Young seeks out the Earth's greatest champions in order to stand against the enemies of Ah, oh, no, boo. What? what? Who's That's Cole it? Young? Who's Cole Young? And how's an, M- how's an MMA fighter going to save the world? I don't like where that's going. Where is Jonathan Confinement in all this? Hmm? Very good. I know. Very good in confinement. It's Johnny Cage. That's actually quite clever. That's one of my favourite jokes that you've ever done then. <laughs> but yeah, he's not there. I didn't see him in the trailer, lads. I wasn't impressed. He Sonia Blaze is definitely there, though. Yeah. Yes, she she says her name. I'm Sonia Blaze. It was very helpful in understanding exactly. A lot of was. them seem to say their name, so as to kind of guarantee. Oh, don't worry. There's characters from Mortal Kombat's one, two, and three. Yeah, uh, that you've heard of. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, there are characters that you've heard of. There's Kano, he's from Australia, he's going to say Australian things. I'm back in. I'm back in now. <laughs> you got me again. Yeah, I was out for the MMA thing, I'm back in for Kano saying fair dinkum smash him or whatever he says. <laughs> One of the things that caught me off is the dubbing in the Sub-Zero Scorpion fight where they just lash each other's catchphrases yeah. <laughs> in the face. I was just like... Eh. Are people going to come and see this because they love the kitschness of the 90s movie? The 80s movie? The 90s? 90s. 90s. Not that old. Of the 90s movie? Are there that many hardcore fans that just want to go and see a live action version of their characters say their catchphrase? Is that a thing? I would like if they moderned it up and they put a modern twist on it and they kind of added a somewhat of an irreverence to it. So they had Scorpion say something like, get over here, you fucker. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be good. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Instead of you weak, pathetic fool, it could be you little bitches. Yeah, get over here, you little bitches! <laughs> uh, but I, as a as a fan of the, uh, the as a, a, a card carrying member of the pro wrestling fan community, I can say most pro wrestlers and pro wrestling fans like Mortal Kombat, and there's, there'd be a big crossover okay. there. So I'd imagine a lot of people will go up, particularly if they know it's going to be the kind of thing where you can hear the catchphrases and see, you know, Scorpion fight Sub Zero, and you can you can kind of really relive the. The, the dream matches of, of the mid-90s. But um, mm. yeah, I don't know if it's going to set the box office on fire. But again, it's, you know, uh, it's going to be on telly. So like. yeah, it's one of those, it's one of those early, it's quarter one releases. It's Underworld Blood Wars. Yeah. It's uh, I Frankenstein. It's a Resident Evil 9. It's, it's filling that gap. Yeah, exactly. But isn't it nice to see a Mortal Kombat thing? What? People, mortal people, mortal people in people who like Mortal Kombat, they want Scorpion and Sub Zero. Yeah, that's what they want. And yeah. then every American film has been like, "Nah, let's focus on the American characters, yeah. like Sonya Blade and Jax." And it's nice that this one seems to have a little bit more focus on the cool characters that everyone likes. It's like how in the Street Fighter movie, it was weirdly not about Ryu and Ken. Yeah. 
Or as we called him back in the day, Ben, Ryu. <laughs> I will only call him Ryu until the day I die. Because <laughs> that's how you say that's it. That's his name. His name's Ryu. That's an interesting rock to perish on, <laughs> Stephen. Um, but okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's going to be interesting. Assumedly, a lot of these actors that I couldn't place are fighters of some kind. I, I'm looking at the IMDb, Ben. I don't recognise a lot of the names. Mm. I don't know who Alison Young is going to be. Oh, that's the character name. <laughs> or Emily Young. I think they're someone's relatives. Yeah, but it's Kano, yeah. Sonya Blade, Scorpion, Sub Zero, Raiden, Jax, yeah, Luke Kang, Cole Young. <laughs> Who the hell is Cole Young? Get out of here, Cole Young. character made up for uh, for this particular movie, Michael. Yeah, well, all characters are made up, Ben. Um, what, uh, oh, what's the name of the guy with the forearms? I've, my brain is frozen. Uh, like Sub Zero, no. Oh no, the big, the big, scary the, 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 the Goro. 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 He looks great in it. He looks yep. great. Like when I saw Goro in it, I was like, "Yes, now they were, so. They have they have guaranteed my bum on seat. It's it's mm. in. It's happening. Uh, I'll probably watch it from a combat crouch position, <laughs> just ready, just in case, just ready to jump up and kick someone in the head. Do you think Mick yeah. they might be doing the uh, having him an MMA fighter because of the whole thing in China with the MMA lad going around beating up all the Tai Chi masters and the? No, I, I doubt it. I, I honestly don't know why they have him an MMA fighter. There's nothing worse than, well, there's lots of things worse. The disease AIDS. <laughs> But um, <laughs> for me, in entertainment, there's nothing worse. <coughs> Don't make me laugh at my own joke. Sorry. There's nothing worse than... Coffee went up my nose there. Than, uh, <laughs> there's nothing worse than an MMA fighter character in a movie about traditional martial arts. Yeah. Because in, other, in, in order for the fight scenes to work, the MMA fighter has to throw punches like it's a traditional martial art. MMA isn't picturesque. Mm. It, and it's often mm. not that interesting to watch if you don't know what you're doing. So MMA fighters in in martial arts movies often just become guys who stand like that and do big wide swings and do headbutts and do a takedown. And then on the takedown, they snap the arm in an armbar and get back up straight away and the guy's arm is fine. <laughs> what do you do that for? <laughs> um, you know, it's... it's more of a chiropractor. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've seen um, the MMA series, Never Never Back Down. No, pass me by. There's a great line in it where, where his girlfriend says, are you, are you walking away? No, she says, are you giving up? And he says, I'm not giving up, I'm walking away. And she says, same thing. But anyway. <laughs> uh, in, in Never Back Down 2. Oh. Never Back Down 2. Never Back Down 1 is quite a good MMA movie. But Never Back Down 2 is directed by J. Michael White. Oh, yeah. And he is a martial artist with an interest in MMA. Mm, okay. But it brings martial artists in it. And you start getting like 60 kilo girls beating up 120 kilo men with... You know, kicking them in the hand as they throw a punch sort of nonsense. So that's why I don't like MMA characters in martial arts movies. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, from one set of poor choices, gentlemen, to another brand new set of poor choices. Did anybody see the trailer for Bloody Cruella? Is it called Bloody Cruella? (laughs) It might as well be. It might as well be. This is an interesting choice. The Devil Wears Prada, but if Anne Hathaway was an absolute prick... (laughs) 
Interesting you've said that, Ben, because Glenn Close was in The Devil Wears Prada, wasn't she? And she also well, played... It was, it was Meryl Streep, I, I believe. Oh, it was Meryl, Meryl Streep. Streep. Meryl who Streep, play- I believe. Who... Oh, yeah, it was. Never mind then. I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> I am. You can't in. stop me. I do the editing. You can't stop me. I'm going to edit it out. <laughs> so, yeah, this is a an origin story for arguably one of the the most morally repugnant villains that we've ever had. The woman who literally farms animals to be used for clothing. Yeah. Uh, now, hold on. I'm going to stop you there. I don't know if she is the most morally repugnant because that's the thing that people in the real world do. Yeah. And often just to make a living, Ben. Some of the villains in Disney are mass murderers who want that's to, true. like, extinguish all of human existence. She just wants a coat. Yeah, well, are you talking about Marvel movies? Or are any you talking movies? about Disney? What, what Disney movies? movies have you watched where they've extinguished all existence? Um, I mean, look at it this way. Scar <laughs> is definitely worse. Oh, oh did you? Why? Because yeah. he killed his brother? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and Etham apparently. I saw a video about that during the week. There's a scene. No, hold on. Oh, there's a scene where Scar is holding uh, uh, what's undeniably a lion's skull and picking his teeth. So apparently, Scar oh. et Mufasa. Oh, yeah. oh, bad bloke. Yeah, exactly, oh, no. bad bloke. Okay, but Cruella Deville. For, I can say, as the the, the father of a, a five year old girl, she like. I mean. If if my daughter was in the room with uh, you know Hitler and Cruella Deville and she only had uh, one bullet, you know I know where it's going and Hitler's walking out of that room. Like, uh, well, my question is on your your parenting that you've left her in the room with Hitler and Cruella Deville on a gun. Ah, you know we're trying to bring her up to you know, open her horizons, but it is weird. It's kind of like Joker where they're like you're looking at it going, okay, so we know the end of the film, we know. Like it's like Titanic. We know what they're going to become. So now you're asking us to kind of sympathize with them along the way. And you know, mm. like Joker did that, you know, in its own way. It was successful in in some ways and not so successful in others. But with her, you're like, what is is the end of the film her just saying, "Oh, I really love coats. I love them ah, I more really than, you know, coat. dogs." Like I I I've no problem slaughtering puppies. Like I, yeah, I yeah, it's it's a weird choice. But it looks it is. beautiful. Like I mean, the, the costumes and the uh, art direction look incredible. Like it'll be a, a feast for the eyes. But also Emma Thompson and Mark Strong. Yeah, I'm, I'm down. Yeah, yeah. Is Mark Strong I'm in down. it? Yeah, Who's Mark, Mark Strong, Strong is in it. Is he playing the Dalmatians? <laughs> he's playing. He's playing the Dalmatians. Mark Strong has reportedly been paid a hefty sum of money to play all 101 Dalmatians. He got no, uh, lessons from Andy Circus and. Um, He'll be doing all 101 Dalmatians. I assume, I, I can't remember 101 Dalmatians, but in the film 101 Dalmatians, it's in that film she hits upon the idea of having a Dalmatian code, isn't it? Yeah, she does. Yeah. So there's going to be nothing about Dalmatians. It's just going to be an awful fashionista lady who wants to wear fur in this day and age. Well, except for the trailer, which features Dalmatians quite heavily. Yeah. In fact, one scene where she walks into a party and they growl at her. Yeah. I'm thinking this is a retcon. This is a... Uh, this is this is Maleficent. Yeah, yeah. This is yeah, an yeah. attempt at Maleficent. Yeah, yeah. Or that, it's that scene where Joker goes and puts his fingers in young Batman's mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, she's gonna put her fingers in the Dalmatian's mouth and make them smile. Well, to be honest, that'd be better than an, a grown man doing it to a child. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, Emma Stone's great, and she'll probably like she'll probably do a really um, a, a fantastic performance. But I'm just not sure. 
if it's a, a performance that I'm hugely interested in her arc, like I'm not really, there's no, there can be no surprise, I think, unless I'm missing something. I'm I'm very interested in the tagline, um, which the is tagline? I am woman, hear me roar. Oh, yeah. Oh. Um, oh. That's what they're going to use as oh, part of their marketing campaign. That is and interesting, I, Ben. It isn't. It's, yeah. A lot of what you say isn't, but that actually isn't. <laughs> that is actually oh, quite interesting. There go another few feelings that I had. Yeah, gone. Um, so, yeah, that, that's the tagline they're going to use. So th- there seems to be some kind of, uh, you know, a push to be like, oh, look at her taking back her, you know, her power mm. in this situation. You know, she's she's looked down upon by the rich, snobby elite. and oh, uh, But at the same time, Skins puppies. Mm. Yeah, maybe knock that off. Give that knock that on the head. It's basically like um imagine if, right? Imagine if Cruella Deville was Harley Quinn. Wouldn't that be interesting and good? <laughs> <laughs> well would it though? Wouldn't it? Would it Wouldn't though? that make loads of money? That'd make loads of money. We'll get Emma Stone in it. She's doing a British accent as well, which is oh. gonna be fun. I'm you know, that's gonna be interesting. Look, I probably Again. won't see it, let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, oh, Michael, I think you'll find we're on a weekly pop culture podcast. <laughs> and <laughs> we will, because I've gone and seen things with you, Michael. And <laughs> boy, boy, oh boy. We I tell you what. It'll probably come out on Disney Plus and they'll probably charge us 22 euro for it, Michael. We might yeah, not have to go there's see always, it anywhere. There's always piracy. I mean, if we're watching a film about bad people, we might as well pirate it. <laughs> <laughs> Just to send the message that, look, this is the moral you taught me in the film. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And, you know, and then in 20 years, they'll do a, a biography about our descent into piracy. Can you can you think of <laughs> any uh, really successful films that have had, like, major anti-heroes? Like, is there anyone's coming to mind? I can't think of... Well, Joker, obviously. Yeah, well, yeah, so yeah. Aside, But, yeah, like, any kind of... Angelina Jolie's Cheekbones. Yeah, but she was yeah, quite... They got their own film. She was quite nice in it, though, wasn't she? Like, I don't remember. Yeah, it, like... that's the thing. It's a complete retcon of, of who she yeah. was. It was a thing of, like, oh, you think you know the story. Yeah. But you don't, because they changed it to make me the baddie, but they didn't really. That got a sequel. Yeah. Like, that did real well. Yeah, but I'm, I'm like, is there any film where the baddie is like, or like a kid's film, I suppose, where the baddie is a, 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 a boldy, excuse me, is a boldy from start to finish, and we just kind of follow them gleefully romping through, you know, the innocence. Didn't they make two films of that at the same time, in that phenomenon of here's two films of the same thing at the same time, wasn't Mega Mind and oh, yeah. Despicable Me? Yeah, they yeah at the okay. same time? yeah, I suppose Despicable Me. Yeah, he kind of learns his the error of his ways by the end of it. I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know. I think I think um, crew like there's so like there's so many kind of characters in Disney who you could who you'd love to have a, a a standalone film of or like an origin story, and I just think Cruella is kind of. You know, she's the antagonist. I'm not sure I necessarily want to follow her adventure. Or if they had someone like who was definitely, you know, her assistant, like in a Devil Wears Prada style thing, and it was, you know, a kind of the two of them fighting. You know, I just that would be interesting. That would be interesting. interesting. You could get you could get a Meryl Streep. (laughs) (laughs) Good thing that we've never mentioned that previously on this podcast. Apropos of nothing on this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Apropos of nothing. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Look, anyway, though. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, all that talk about 1001 Dalmatians, it's it's kind of overshadowing the big news of the week, which is that Marvel have the rights back to Jessica Jones and Punisher. I know they got it back, got them back, baby. So what's going to happen there? Ooh, ah, mm. Well, you know, I mean, 
the the thing the I don't know. Here's what I don't know, and maybe you two pair of international lawyers could tell me this. <laughs> when you have the rights back to something, does that mean they have the rights to now release something, or does that mean they can now start using that character? What I'm getting at is. Could we possibly see maybe a Punisher in next month's The Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Because they filmed it a while ago, knowing that these rights were going to revert back. Oh. I mean, we could they could they could have shot footage that might not have been used had they not gotten the rights back, or they could have shot footage in anticipation of getting the rights. That's interesting. I think a Punisher series set um, mid snap would be very very good. Yes. Where yes, Punisher ben. was running the streets, yes, um, and you know the regular heroes were gone, and someone yes, had ben. to step up. <laughs> yes, let's make that. Ten out let's of ten make that. Would watch. Yeah. Let's make it. I'd watch that. Get Frank Berenthal on the phone. <laughs> um, but like that would also work very well with Jessica Jones. Yes, she could be also there. Yeah, and it would make sense within the, you know, introducing those characters and why they weren't in Phase One mm. and. Da, 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 yeah. Yes. But isn't um, I love that bit. Uh, Daredevil? What's his name? Charlie Cox? Is it? Char- He's yes. rumored to be in. Apparently, Spider-Man. yeah. But Spider-Man, I suppose the next Spider-Man, all rules are off. So you know you can do it without it's messing true. up the universe. But um, having said that, young Tom Holland, named after the sauce, not the country, <laughs> has come out and said that um, Tobey Maguire and the other fellow, what was his Andrew name? Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield, named after the orange cat. The cat, yeah. No, I was going to say, I couldn't think of it. Not the president of the United (laughs) States. Not the president, yeah. Yeah. I think the cat's named after the president, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Tom Holland, named after the sauce, has said that that's not true, that they're not in it. Oh. Oh. Yeah. And he's known for not being loose-lipped. Yeah. He is. He sinks ships. And and Tobey Maguire is 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 a noted bad egg. He's a yeah, yeah, and I wouldn't be bringing Tobey Maguire into a thing any more than I would be bringing Gina Garano into a thing. Oh God, yeah, mm, such mess. It's such all right. Though. Gina Gina Garano's going to team up with Ben Shapiro, so <laughs> there's two stable people going to sort things out. Did, oh, is that a thing now? Yeah, yeah. Oh, she did an oh. interview with him. It's actually quite an interesting interview. Um, oh. If you can kind of put to the back of your mind that Ben Shapiro's a fucking lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> can I tell you my interesting anyway, Gina Garano note before we move on? I don't know if I, yeah, I don't know if I had mentioned it. Um, so there's only uh, uh, I, I'm a Lego collector because, of course, you know I'm a 40 year old Lego collector. How successful? Um, but <laughs> I don't think Mick can say anything. Yeah, but uh, there's only one Caradoon set. Oh, very nice, very nice. Mick's showing me. Um, I think it's Lego from um, Avengers. It's it's the Milano from Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, Guardians of the Galaxy, excuse me. But um, there's only one Cara Dune set. There's only one set that has um, a Gina Carano Lego minifigure, like a little Lego person. Oh. There's only one. And when it uh, it was $7 to buy just that Lego figure uh, a couple of weeks ago. And then overnight, it went from $7 up to $28. Just the figure. Ooh. And you could still buy the... Um, <laughs> you could still buy this, the whole set from Lego uh, Europe for like 50 euro or 60 euro. And um, so friends of mine, of course, at like midnight and a Saturday night, we're chatting about this and they're all buying, buying, uh, trying to buy it as, as quickly as they can. But overnight, it's gone up to be $350 now to buy that wow. same Lego set. So if you have that Cara Dune Lego figure, keep it in the box because it's just because if she's sacked and it's gone and there's no more Lego you know, there'll be no more Lego Gina Carano. Um, you know, it's now become incredibly valuable. 
Hmm. She should have bought them all up. That's it. That would have been good. She'll need some cash. That would have been good. Let me ask you a very quick question. They're going to recast her. The word on the street is it's going to be... What's his name? Conor McGregor. No, what? War Machine. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, Don oh, Cheadle. That's not Don true. Cheadle. No, that's, no, that's not the word on the street. They're going to recast him with Don Cheadle. son of a bitch. That's an Iron Man 2 joke. That's an Sweet Iron Man 2 Jesus. joke. Yeah, yeah. But people like Don Cheadle. People Don love Don egg. Cheadle. Don Seems Cheadle, like great egg. guy. Yeah, great like guy. Egg. Lads, moving on from one little bit of multiverse hopping and whatnot onto another thing. Very good. The audacity. The audacity. The audacity. 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 Ah, ridiculous. Episode 7, WandaVision. What the fuck? Right, Ben, do you want to put a little spoiler warning in there? Sometimes you'll invent a little ditty. Uh, oh, I'll try and have a go at one. It's spoilers. Spoilers for everyone's favourite multiverse hopping show. Spoilers. Very good. Listen, listen away now. Right, good job, Ben. That was excellent. The yeah. big twist of the episode was the biggest non-twist in the history of televisual <laughs> twists. Because we all saw it. Because we all know comics. What? Oh, I didn't. Stephen's making a face. I didn't know. I'm not going to say the twist, but no, you can. You can. No, you We've can. Done the We've spoiler done spoilers. Agatha, I have a ditty. Agatha, everybody yeah. knew that. Everybody oh, knew no, that. What? We didn't. Uh, hang on now. Hang on now. To be fair. To, to be, be fair. fair to be fair, we didn't. To be fair, um, we didn't know she would be the villain. We did, but we knew she would be a much bigger character Re- than she is. You can use the raise hand function. I'm using the raising hand function. I call. I call. I'm calling BS here, and then you know I'm not a man to curse, but BS. You've been saying right? for weeks about Jerry Seinfeld as Mephisto. <laughs> you have been pushing everyone uh, is Mephisto everyone is Mephisto at, at no point at no point did you, either of you lying liars say it's, uh, <laughs> oh well we all know it's Agatha Harkness Agnes is clearly Agatha Harkness oh, well, we did say we did say way way back in episode one of WandaVision that Catherine Han was cast as Agatha Harkness Oh, uh, well, if only there was a function to go check yeah. that. I'm not doing it. I, I don't have it right now. It, some of the listeners might. <laughs> um, we did do a whole thing on who Agatha Harkness was way, I way back. I did. I do remember that. But um, Ben, sometimes we had a chat about her being a mentor of Wanda. And the um, mm, yeah, okay. Well, mm. I'm going to mm. say Mephisto was definitely, your money was on him. and He was. It was. We all wanted to see Jerry Seinfeld in his white Nike runners and his tight, that, tight blue jeans going, what's the deal with the multiverse? Um, that would have been brilliant. <laughs> uh, that would have been very good. I'd, I'd watch the heck out of that. <laughs> Still would. Lads, so many interesting little windows opened up here um, in this episode. One of the things that I will say, one of the things that was very poorly telegraphed is all of a sudden, um, Catherine Hahn's character becomes very self-aware from a character that had no agency or hint mm. at agency in the previous six episodes. All of a sudden, oh, she looks out the window and she interferes in different things. Now, we got one glimpse of it back when... Agent Rambo was first mm. in the the neighborhood where she says, uh, "Where does she live? What's what's yeah, her deal? Yeah. Yeah. Get rid of her. Her deal. We got yeah. that one little hint, but then after that, we we didn't have much of a sense that Agatha might be off doing her own thing. Well, didn't she do the yeah. whole thing of, oh, should I take that again? Do you want me to remember? So she has that, but, but we we didn't know if that was okay. something to do with 
uh, well, maybe that was clearer to other people. It wasn't very clear to me. For me, it yeah. wasn't very built up. Yeah. I was. I, I thought it was. I was. I was. Oh, okay. I was well and truly swerved, as we say in the, the 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 wrestling business. I did not see her her character turn coming, and uh, yeah, it caught me totally by surprise. Because I guess I must have missed your you know your your few episodes where you talked about Agna Harkness as the bad guy. Um, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm saying though. And to borrow your wrestling parlance, Stephen. Um, the the greatest thing about this, and this wasn't a complaint from me, is it has swerved. It has swerved the what you would call in the wrestling parlance the marks, <laughs> but it has also satisfied the, the smarts. smarts, and also the likes of Ben, who's a smart, <laughs> yeah, is like, yeah. whoa, I didn't see that coming, yeah, like yeah, great, I it's, thought it was great. Oh, it's, I wasn't it's, complaining. It's, it's, it's incredible. I'm, I'm not complaining in any yeah. way. I'm just saying I don't know if it was as telegraphed as it should have been. What was the, well, then? If it was, a, oh, go, no, you go on, you go on. No, 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 you, no, you go on. You're the guest. Well, I was just, sorry. I was, <laughs> we let guests speak on this podcast. Sorry for being the guest. <laughs> um, uh, I was just wondering what the the episode or the sitcom it was referencing was. Was it definitely Modern Family or... It was definitely Modern Family, yes. I'm not 100% familiar with that series, the... but it didn't work as much of a... as as well as a pastiche as the other ones did. So, the, the reason for that is it split its attention between The Office and Modern Family. Yeah. The opening credits are a combination of The Office oh. and Modern Family. So what they're referencing in, in that, and it really confused me. It took all my strength of will not to text both of you going, lads, what the fuck? <laughs> um, because what happens is what they're referencing is straight to camera comedy. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Which became uh, huge in the 2010s. Um, and those straight to camera segments, which are utterly ridiculous. Um, in certain aspects in Modern Family for example it doesn't make a lot of sense mm-hmm. whereas in The Office we're told why they're being filmed constantly what's happening etc in Modern Family you're just kind of like okay one one extended family for, for 15 you know long <laughs> ten, 10 long years okay fair enough yeah. fair enough but it, it, it does reference that it does make fun of that Vision at one point has his thing of like why on earth am I here yeah 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 and um those moments of interruption where another character will interfere in it that's very office mm. mm-hmm. um and then those long looks at a bizarre joke are very modern family so Catherine Han looking at the the camera going what's with these kids yeah. like on her face that's that's pure <laughs> modern family but it doesn't work as well i think and i could be giving them too much credit but i'm a diehard fan of this show it doesn't work because they don't want it to. Yeah, that's what I was this thinking. This is the part yeah. where it starts to just not work anymore. Um, the, and I, the other thing, Ben, sorry to cut across you, go if ahead. I may add, is it is also the style which is stylistically closest to the modern style. Yeah. So okay. it's not as obvious a jump between, yeah. oh, we're in a 70s scene, oh, we're mm. in a Nowsies scene. Definitely. And, yeah. you know, if they had done, let's say if Vision had... Uh, Unmind corrupted someone in in a seventies episode. It would have been truly bizarre that there were two people from the now times in the seventies times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that doesn't happen because that that sitcom is set in the now times essentially. Yeah, yeah. So there's less of a break between the the two realities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked my favorite little little tidbit was Vision having the realization that he was sitting around wasting time <laughs> and then getting up and pushing the boom mic away. Yeah. <laughs> mm. 
<clears throat> that happens at the same time that he was sitting in the van with Darcy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he gets up and leaves that scene and then flies out of the van. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, what order of events has just happened here? When yeah. did that happen? Yeah. There, there's um, a lovely, so it doesn't make a lovely sense. moment just before that as well, where, where Vision scratched his ear. But yeah, it was his yeah. fake ear. It was his makeup ear. Yeah. And he's just kind of absentmindedly scratching his ear. And I thought that was incredible. Yeah, Paul good. Bethany's pulling like a masterclass oh. in. <laughs> just, he's just great. Oh, he's just yeah, great. Yeah, absolutely. So th- there's a couple of interesting things that happen with Catherine Hanlon. I'm going to put them to you. It's, it's on the Instagram. I have these questions. But I'm going to put them to you as, as two intelligent gents. Okay. So... Catherine Han is playing Agatha Harkness. Agatha Harkness traditionally not a bad egg, mm. but doesn't do the best in terms of she always does what's best for the universe or the multiverse. So in the comic books, the yeah. children of Vision and Wanda are fr- sh- uh, fragments, shards. I was about to say sh- fragments. <laughs> uh, they're fragments of Mephisto. Oh, Mephisto! Oh. Um, Interesting, you brought Mephisto. him up. And they're demonic and they shouldn't exist. They're bad for the multiverse if they do. So Agatha Harkness in the comics takes them away because Mm. of the danger they represent. Um, And she later mind wipes um, Wanda to spare her the trauma. Now, spare her the trauma being a loose term from Agatha's perspective. I don't Mm. know... We could have a philosophical debate about whether that's sparing somebody the trauma or not all day, lads. But yeah. is Agatha... Um, one of the interesting things in here, Agatha is almost certainly the heel of this oh, particular Oh, very thing. good wrestling terminology. I <laughs> um, like yeah, because I'm going to get in on it, lads. I'm going <laughs> to yeah, get in on right. it. Ben, I am going to ask you to try and peak mount what's the point here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry. So the questions are, is she stealing Wanda's power? Um, is she using Wanda as a battery? Ooh, is Agatha yeah. Harkness controlling the hex? Or is she piggybacking on the back of Wanda's signal? Don't know, Ben. Neither do I. But I'm going to vote. I'm going to vote battery. I like that idea that um, yeah. she's again. I don't know Agatha Harkness from the comics, but I like the idea that um, she finds Wanda at this kind of low ebb, you know, and yeah. uh, and it's like, hey, hmm, I can. I'm going to do something. I can fairies. fix it, and by the way, become this mega super, you know, powerful being. Yeah, wouldn't so it, wouldn't it be more interesting if one of her of her, of her uh, if her motivation was some way altruistic, like if she wanted mm-hmm. to use Wanda's reality warping abilities to undo the damage of the snap? Oh. Now I know that people have been brought back, but the world is in chaos, and you mm-hmm. know people yeah. have died, and maybe she wants Wanda to just do a big reset on the whole thing. Mm. So there's a there's a couple of thoughts like going around fan theory wise. Would you like to hear one or two of them? Oh, go on, Please. go on. Go so on. Agatha's basement is actually the nexus that's referenced in the commercial. Ah. The nexus is a meeting point across worlds. So th- the basement is not in sync with the rest of Westview. It's old and yeah, it's ancient. It looked like a much cheaper set. Uh, it looked like a much cheaper set. It did, but. <laughs> It's old and ancient, so perhaps this is actually a nexus within the multiverse, and Agatha Harkness is trying to access the multiverse, but she needs Wanda's kind of power to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of the arguments. She's had limited success, and that's where Pietro comes from. She went and got him to get a bit She of went help. and got him from another from universe. Sony universe. And <laughs> uses him in this one. And then there's a post credit scene, lads, for the first what? time. There's a post-credit ah. scene in WandaVision episode 7. It's mid-credit. But first one. Do, have you seen it? No, tell me. I have. 
I mean, okay, so what happens is Monica Rambeau finds the door to the cellar, the, the traditional American cellar door. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden, Pietro just appears next to her and goes, what are you up to? He says, and it's like, gonna snoop. and then it cuts. Wow. Um, so Pietro was in the episode just very, very briefly. Wow. Very, very briefly. So it's, oh, it's going to be interesting. Let's, it's gonna be interesting. I have no idea what's going to happen next week. I have no idea what sitcom style they're going to reference. I, I've been, it's been, I've been racking my brains trying to think of what the, what the big, the big kind of um, stylistic choices would be. I have no idea what's going to happen with the characters, the baddies, the reality, uh, the circus, none of it. I'm so confused, but I love it. I love it. The real it. question is, is Agatha going to get her coat made of Dalmatians? <laughs> I mean, that's uh, that's what we're all tuning in for. That's what we're waiting to see. Yeah. I mean, Emma Stone as Agatha Harkness inspired casting all around. Um, the only complaint I have, lads, is uh, one hour episode, my ass. Yeah. yeah, that's not happening. Yeah, one hour episode, my ass. That was only ever credits. rumors. Yeah. That was only ever rumors. Of, yeah. yeah. Um, so we didn't get that. Anyway, lads, my prediction, Benjamin and Stephen Jimmon, is on. that. Um, <laughs> We're going to have two final episodes. The last, this next episode, episode eight, is going yes. to be half an hour of exposition. We're going to find out how Agatha got Wanda in there, where Pietro came from, how they brought Vision back. It's going to be the big exposition episode, and then episode nine will be the denouement, mm. which is a the- French word for uh, ending. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So maybe it maybe it'll be kind of like an exposition episode, and then a big kind of fighty space lasers space lasers yeah. oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well yeah. as well I, I, I one thing i'm sure you saw is that the um we marvel have guaranteed us new content every week for the rest of the year um none so none. we're gonna have between cinema releases obviously if the cinema releases go ahead and um the marvel the mcu tv shows between the actual shows and the um making of the new marvel assembled that they're going to bring out as kind of buffers um we'll be having something new from marvel every week for the rest of the year which is very exciting very very exciting um i I nearly went back to watching the flash (laughs) (laughs) thank god for that Um, have you seen that you want a messy multiverse (laughs) have you seen disney plus pushing your beloved hellstrom they're pushing it yeah in every are they yeah because it's on star it's on star which is the new good Disney Plus um, grown-up tab, and it's it's quite good. Well, yeah, but they're like I've I've I keep receiving emails saying you can watch programs like Family Guy and Hellstrom, and I'm like, oh, mad Hellstrom. Yeah, it's quite good. I tell you what, I saw Agnes when she when she first landed, and we only saw the bottom of her with her boots and her multi-layered fabric skirts, and I thought of good friend of the podcast Benjamin uh, without a stitch cosplay. She's yeah. that's going to be a year long project <laughs> yeah. for her. Yeah, no, absolutely. We're going to see that at a con. Yeah, uh, looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah. Looking forward to it. We'll do an interview. We'll do an interview. Yeah, we'll do an interview. It'll interview. be good. It'll be she'll, good. Have, she'll have bloody raw fingers going. <laughs> I hate this show. <laughs> Look at all the fucking layers. <laughs> um, lads. Yes. We have spent an inordinate amount of time talking news. Um, yes. There's, there's 20 minutes left in this week's episode. That and we're here to talk about. Bit. A very particular thing, um, and that is shapeshifters in the bloody media. Um, so my money is on Mark Zuckerberg, yeah, <laughs> Bill Gates, mm-hmm. yeah, and Joe Biden. 
So you're on that old QAnon website, are you? <laughs> yeah, they're they're lizard people. Yeah, yeah. Right? This is you might want to watch where this goes, Ben. <laughs> this is not the podcast I signed up to. This... <laughs> that's but that's what you guys said. You said you wanted to talk about mass conspiracies and anti-Semitism. That's that's what you said. Hey, no? hey, hey. Is that not Ooh, what we're talking? about? Oh, okay. I thought my AIDS joke from earlier was a bit close to the bone. But... Uh, anyway, moving on from that, obviously, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about the good old-fashioned uh, shape-changing. Is it a plane, train, automobile, truck, uh, bird, mammal, etc.? Um, and that's what we're talking about in pop culture. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. So uh, that's what we'll be talking about, ladies and gentlemen. And we took it from three different standpoints. We have the kind of mythological origins of shapeshifters and mm. where they kind of went from. Then we moved into the more modern, relatively old-fashioned yet modern but good shapeshifter archetypes. Uh, and then finally, we're finishing up with Mick, who got the discount bin shapeshifters uh, <laughs> right at the end there. Right at oh, the end. Man alive. So that's uh, what we'll be taking a look at this week. So, Well, I think what's most interesting for me about shapeshifters, I tried to make a film about a shapeshifter seven years ago. And um, yeah, it's really hard to make a film about a shapeshifter because the first thing you have to do is you have to decide, well, what are the rules? So you look at rules mm. for other shapeshifters in, you know, um, media in, in all its forms. Mm-hmm. And some of them just don't make sense. And as soon as, nope. as soon as you, as I'm sure you've all enjoyed this week, Googling the word shapeshifter, it's impossible to find <laughs> any kind of... Uh, solid ground for it but it just that idea very good solid yeah exactly yes, I like it. It, it's, it's not uniform it's always in flux uh this bloody definition but it's the idea i think uh, for me what's what's most interesting is the is the is the um the kind of the psychological aspect of shapeshifter stories where it's the idea that you might think you know someone and you don't really know someone so it's tapping into that kind of mild but commonplace, commonplace paranoia that we all have, where you're like, you know, is is Ben really a nice guy, or is he secretly a QAnon conspiracy theorist? Nothing secret about it. It's, it's that thing, <laughs> and I think uh, it's kind of with the whole, um, you know, uh, the politics in the world kind of being the way it is, the way it's kind of so fractured, and you know, you have people, uh, however many million people voted for Trump, and yes. The polls said not so many people were going to vote for Trump because people don't want to admit they're going to vote for Trump. And so, you know, it's that business of, you know, kind of people's, um, uh, uh, this, the kind of social face that they present to the world and then the kind of the inner character. And then what you say is like, well, so are they just shape-shifting? Are they actually just creating this persona that they want us to... Uh, they want us to see them as when, when secretly and deeply there, there's something else and something, something not nice and something, you know, um, kind of evil about them. And they have this incredible power to shapeshift. Why can't I do that? Why can't I turn into? <laughs> Seems unfair. Why can't I grow my beard back instantly? You know, <laughs> why? Why can't I we shift wish. my face? We all wish. I'm a beardless man. It's a, it, in fairness, Mick can grow his beard back in about 2.8 seconds. Yeah. It's very, it's problematic, to be honest. Yeah. I'm not even wearing a top. This is that woven body here. Stephen, you made a, a movie about a shapeshifter called uh, My Girlfriend Did a Green Poo in the Bath. My Girlfriend Did a Green Poo in the Bath was its subtitled. Yeah, 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 yeah. What was, the, what was it actually called? It was called Not Yourself, which is... Uh, and what? 
what? Uh, oh, go on, sorry. No, 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 that was it. It was just a, a gag because it was I made it when I lived in Galway um, with a part of a, I was part of a, a filmmakers collective down there called The Little Cinema. And um, they used to run uh, an, an open mic night for films uh, every month. And they would, um, uh, yeah, we used to make films and work together. And we made a little short film there called Not Yourself. Uh, and it was, the idea was it was supposed to be about um, what if your girlfriend is not, you just wake up one day and your girlfriend is is not is not herself. And just because, you know, it, people in Galway say yourself a lot. More, more, oh, yes. In Dublin, we say, we say you and they say yeah. yourself. So it was kind of like, uh, you know, you're not yourself was the 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 kind of the the gag I was playing off and then I made a a a, 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 a medium to low received <laughs> short film about it that turns out it's very hard to make good films about shapeshifters. What were the rules? Uh, funnily enough, on a side note, my my nickname in college was Open Mike. Um, <laughs> what uh, what were the rules of shapeshifting in that in that film? So I didn't want to go. I was very much going for the kind of seventies arty vibe, but it was um, it was something in the water. That was my mm. that was my oh, yeah. um, my my kind of uh, trope to carry the film was that characters were always seen with water, and if a character was holding water, that meant they were either changed or changing. So it was this idea of like of something in the water, because of course, then a few years before that in Galway, they had the big water scandal where there was some terrible disease in the water. I can't remember the name of it. I think it was Guinness, wasn't it? it was Guinness <laughs> it was, in the water. I wish, I wish. Um, no, it was yeah. But this idea of you know you can't trust the water you're drinking, and um, mm. yeah, and so then she uh, yeah the characters that played by me again without a beard. Um, played by me, but the uh, uh, the lead character girlfriend then um just is is not herself, and she acts weird about meat and eating and talking, and and then I did a nice traditional unhappy ending for the uh oh, good. the film, oh, which good. is which is good. It's a happy unhappy ending. It's a don't spoil yeah. it. Go go watch it on Stephen's <laughs> channel. And you of course also played the girlfriend by Shapeshift. Yes, exactly. Yeah, no, no, that was the wonderful actress Eva Mahoney, who is a, a fine actress in her own right. I have to say, but um, uh, yeah, uh, she decided to walk into the sea. By the way, not me. I would never force a young woman to walk <laughs> into the Atlantic. She said she had this great idea where she was just going to walk into the water, and I was like, I'll film it. But it's, it's very cold. It's very cold. It's very it's cold. Galway. Um, yeah, I get me tooed for that nowadays. Uh, uh, well, let's hope that that doesn't happen. It's it's interesting that you were talking about the the kind of the deep fear of not knowing the the people around you, and it's clearly been around for a, a really long time. Because this week I took a look at a lot of the mythology of of where this kind of comes from, and one of the places that it it really sticks is is in your grawl. <laughs> One of the places that it really sticks is the changeling myth that we have here in in Ireland. And the changeling myth here is, is pretty sinister when you break it down. Um, basically, if a mother found that her child was not themselves, as mm. as the, the trope goes, they, they would suspect that it might be a changeling. And, and what that is, is the fairy folk here in Ireland in mythology can't reproduce. They're, they're incapable of doing so. And what they, they don't do have is willies. They, 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 don't, they, don't, they don't have willies. That's never been said, but it's long been <laughs> held by folklorists and uh, professors of mythology. Uh, so, what? <laughs> what? 
Just Ken a dolls. area. Ken dolls. Yeah, so they're called the fairy folk or Ken dolls. Um, that's yeah. commonly what they're referred to as. And in this particular case, what they have to do is they have to kidnap a human child and raise it in the fairy kingdom. But to do that without raising a ton of suspicion, they swap them out for a little baby that looks just like them, but it's actually a changeling. Um, and changelings are... Do you have your hand up, Mick? I do, yeah. Where did they get that from, though? Where did they get what from? Oh, it's, it's, a, a, it's a fairy. It's a fairy that chooses yep. to take the position. It's but, a, So there are a couple of theories. But, Either the fairy that's put in their place is expressly designed for that purpose, to be swapped out and given a human life. Yeah. But you've just said they can't have babies. But no, that they means have every fairies. They, they, have, they have leftover fairies. They've still got loads of fairies. There's they loads of fairies. They can't reproduce their own. <laughs> they just can't reproduce their own, Michael. Yeah, but um, if every time they kidnap a human child, they lose a fairy child, then that's yeah, just steady. That's even keel. I suppose, yeah. Sometimes they do one swap for two, so they cut a fairy in half and do that for twins, so they get one right. back. Right. Um, I was very smart logistics. So, yeah. anyway, one of the ways that you could test that was by putting iron to the baby's foot, um, but you'd have to hold on to them. Because if you didn't do that, they'd kind of wriggle and try and escape. And if they escaped, you'd never get your child back. And that was the big problem. They'd shoot up the chimney and they'd be gone. So you had to do it. Hold on to the little demon baby changeling thing. And if that didn't work out, uh, you never got your child back. Which was awful, Michael. Which was awful. Um, And one of the really sinister things that could happen is, obviously, if you had a very overwhelmed mother back in the day... Um, We have a lot of, you know, um, new mental health resources and diagnoses that go with the stress and difficulty of having a child. You didn't back then. Mm. So if if a mother had a mental breakdown and couldn't handle their child or the behavior of their child, they might accuse it of being a changeling. And there are some cases where that was taken to its logical conclusion, where they tested the baby with hot irons and things like that to see if they'd react. And it was awful. Michael, yeah. it was no, awful. You said logical conclusion there, Ben. I don't know if logical means... Sorry, yeah, means. taken to what was taken as a logical conclusion <laughs> yeah. back in the day. But that's that's one of the examples we have of them. In other mythologies, as... as I wonder, Ben, I wonder, Ben, if, um, if autism might have played some part in the creation of that myth. That's one of the... That's really interesting that you say that because there was oh, a movie you. made... Um, about four years ago, and it's going to escape me. It's set in Ireland, and it's a changeling story um, about a mother who suspects that her child has been swapped. Um, Mm. Now, the child is much older in this, but there's another story in in the village that she moves to, and in that, uh, another woman murdered her child. Um, because she thought it was a changeling. So in this area, changeling swaps occur all the time, but we don't know if it's a mother who can't cope with her slightly autistic son, or if it's... Uh, yeah, go ahead. No, no, carry on. Uh, this is so that you'll you'll ask me when you're finished saying what Oh, you're sorry, saying. yeah. This um, is I'm putting my hand up in to avoid interrupting. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You've, so, mis- you've misread the social cues there. <laughs> so in that particular case, um, they don't know... Uh, what's happening and she comes from an abusive relationship so there's that kind of uh, mental trauma playing on her mind and it's really interesting as a film uh, yeah go ahead Michael Benjamin can changelings shape shift though or do they shape shift once into the child and that's it then they're stuck in that form they they can do baby and back that's <laughs> oh. that's it um, at the ribs baby got like the back. ribs yeah um, so they can transform into a baby but once they come in contact with iron it's game over all right, um, okay. 
<laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, so that's just that's just gorgeous. Um, <laughs> we just got a, a booty shake there from Michael. But looking at other <laughs> mythologies, um, those rules have always uh, been very, very changeable. If you look at Greek myth, all gods are shapeshifters. And it's the mm-hmm. same with Norse mythology. All gods are shapeshifters for seemingly no bloody reason other mm-hmm. than I fancy being a swan today. Yeah, I'm um, going to be a swan and I'm going to fuck that lady. Um, yeah, and unfortunately, in, in Greek and Roman mythology, there's an awful lot of rape that goes with shapeshifting. Not great. So again, not a positive thing. Um, and then uh, that kind of changes. The The only difference that I could distinguish is if you're a human shapeshifter or if you start mm. as a human, um, shapeshifting is almost a transgression. So um, it's perfectly fine for gods to do it as much as they want. But when a, when a human gains the power of shapeshifting they do it through some horrible transgression so there's a couple of cannibalism myths where you consume the flesh of someone to become what they are mm-hmm. um there's a few the, the biggest kind of example of that really sinister evil thing is from navajo legend and those are skinwalkers and those mm-hmm. are shamans or um shamans uh shamans whichever pronunciation i could be wrong on either end but they have gained a high access to um, whatever power they tap into and they use it to shapeshift into different forms but then the one that's probably closest to Stephen's interpretation is the doppelganger from German mythology mm-hmm. um, and the doppelganger looks exactly like someone you would know um, and it is their exact double but if you ever meet your doppelganger they'll kill you mm-hmm. um, oh, no. doppelgangers are no good if you meet your doppelganger one of you has to die um, and it's a really sinister myth. It's it's very strange. And again, that has its roots in kind of um, cannibalism, exile. Oh, it's really interesting, really fascinating stuff. But yeah, so that's what I found out myth- mythologically speaking. And, and Stephen, where does this feed into popular culture? Well, that's the thing. It's 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 kind of always been present, as Ben has mentioned. You know, um, in poetry and in uh, in in folk stories and, and stuff like that. But I think the kind of the the idea of the um, doppelganger myth that, as as Ben mentioned, that I I find most interesting or or that I wanted to talk about today, um, as opposed to the kind of the the you know the werewolf shape shapeshifter or the shapeshifting as a as a, as a curse. Um, is the kind of the the idea of the um in science fiction with the doppelganger um uh, or cloning um uh storylines and they would probably all come back to um the the, the body snatchers um which was a novel from uh the early 1950s which then became a a, a much better uh, film in 1956 directed by Don Siegel and um we'd all be probably familiar with the idea of the um the body snatchers uh, or invasion of the body snatchers but it's actually um when you look at it as a film it's um it's 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 fascinating in so many ways um the the, the rough idea is that you have a doctor who's been away at a medical conference and when he comes back to his small town everyone uh, is different and one of the first ways he notices is that a little boy is running away from his parents because he says his parents aren't his parents anymore and oh. uh, of course in that context then you're immediately told or or if 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 we believe in the um, if we were in that situation and a little boy says, my mom and dad aren't my mom and dad anymore, you think that little boy is lying or is, you mm-hmm. know, deluded in some way. You don't go, oh, that's because your mom and dad are vegetable aliens. Um, yeah, and it's, classic. yeah, this is a, this is a, this is a classic film in the horticultural horror, uh, <laughs> world, which is not a, not a huge, not a huge, um, set. 
But uh, it, 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 it'll it chop a horrors. Yeah. Oh, no, there's a few. There's a few. Yeah. Uh, Day of the Triffids. Day of the Triffids. Yeah. Day of the Triffids. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, there, there's a few. The Happening. Uh, oh, God. I never watched it. Yeah. yeah, yeah uh, that's the plan. I wouldn't worry too much. Yeah. I don't, don't think <laughs> I missed a huge amount there. But um, the idea is that, so it's um, this guy, Kevin McCarthy, who's uh, uh, playing the doctor and he, uh, you know, going through his life and his patients are complaining about um, uh, um, not being, you know, uh, 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 not understanding who people are or, or, or feeling different. And what it turns out is he basically discovers that there's um, an invasion that has taken place, which we saw at the very start of the film, which kind of makes it harder to um, suspend your disbelief. But um, we see plants basically floating through space. So these kind of alien spores and they come down and they land in this town and they um, grow into these vegetable pods, these seed pods. And what happens is, is they, they grow a copy so as opposed to um shape shifting in the kind of the werewolf sense what happens is is that they grow another version of the the person and then um and then kill them and uh yeah so in terms of again it would be very much more in the doppelganger myth um but then the film was kind of probably most famous now as being a, a, a um uh, it's seen often as a, a metaphor for the McCarthy era, uh, where uh, a communist spies were everywhere. Is the kind of the the attitude mm-hmm. that um, people believe that communism would communist spies would infiltrate Middle America, and um, uh, you know basically kind of take over. There's very little evidence that this ever happened. Um, the number of spies is like apparently America is apparently like a dozen, you know, like uh, during that period, and it was all you know um, this kind of uh, paranoia drummed up by uh, Joseph McCarthy and his 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 gang, um, who was a a, a very very right wing senator uh, in America in the 1950s. Just offhand, by the way, I know this isn't a political con. Uh, 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 podcast but just to let you know um the man who was joseph mccarthy's uh, lawyer was a guy called ray cohen and ray cohen had a very successful life and he became a, a mentor to a young um industrialist and property owner um called donald trump in the 1970s oh, and oh, 80s wow. and uh, yeah oh, and wow. then um, donald trump became president um so mm, that's interesting isn't it yeah it's almost like there's a massive conspiracy uh <laughs> <laughs> ben do you know anything about that uh, I, i'll go check the yeah. facebook message groups after this but uh yeah no so it's um but it's uh the film was remade then in 1978 with donald sutherland leonard nimoy veronica cartwright who you'd know from aliens and witches of eastwick uh and um jeff goldblum uh, in one of his early body horrors. Um, but the invasion of body snatchers then in 1978 was even better, if you ask me, because instead of communist spies, it's all about urban dehumanization and how living in a city drives you into this uh, person that's not real. And um, they do this beautiful thing in the 1978 version where instead of making it, having it as a remake, some people consider it a sequel because the end of the 1956 version is Kevin McCarthy running down the motorway going, uh, they're here, they're already here, you're next, you're next. He looks right down the lens and says, screams, you're next, you're next. And then in the 1978 version, he's running through the streets of San Francisco screaming, they're already here, they're already here, you're next, you're next. And then he gets hit by a car and killed. So oh, it's like he's been running for 22 years. Um, but uh, yeah, the Jeff Goldblum version or the, the Donald Sutherland version, excuse me, is, is, is even more interesting because the plants force you to go asleep. 
And when you're asleep, when you're dozy, they, they, they crawl up around you and they, they copy you. Um, but whereas in the 1956 version, it's basically just a pure clone. In the 1978 version, you're completely emotionless. You're docile, but you still have your memories. So everybody still goes to work. Everybody still does everything. Society keeps going. You just are not you. You're just not yourself. Uh, you've just become this, 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 this kind of zombified, dehumanized version. And so in terms of rules, it's really interesting that the only thing that makes us human, as opposed to making us a pod person, is our personality, is our psychological flaws, is our, the kind of, the, the, the issues, the troubles, the difficulties we have. And if we remove them, we just become these perfect pod people uh, conforming and living in this wonderful urbanized society. So I think the two films as a pair really uh, work well, um, particularly for nowadays in a kind of post-Trump COVID. (laughs) (laughs) You could, um, you could chuck in Invaders from Mars into that little mix as well. Oh, absolutely. Because it's a, it's it's not as good and it doesn't have the the political kind of subtext but it does have that same paranoid feeling of who's been replaced who's not who they really yeah, are yeah 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 uh, my parents are acting weird my dad put me in a room with hitler and <laughs> gave me a gun i don't think she'll learn i don't though. think she that will this learn and um, did you ever see a tv show uh, back in channel four in the 80s called um the invaders yes so you, you might remember that was the only thing that the invaders couldn't do. It was basically, a, it was a TV show made by Larry Cohn, who is a terrible filmmaker. Uh, no, he's an amazing <laughs> filmmaker. Excuse me, in case there's any horror fans watching or listening. Um, yeah, he's, he, he made, the, he made uh, Q, the winged serpent and stuff and it lives. He, awful, awful films in my humble opinion. But a lot of my friends really liked them. Um, but he he made this TV show in the sixties called The Invaders, and um, the only way you could tell that an invader was an invader was that they couldn't control their little finger. Uh, mm. So they were perfect replicas again, like Invasion of the Body Snatchers, but they couldn't control their their little finger. So their little finger stuck out at a network angle. So you'd always have these great moments in the episode where you know someone would shake hands and you'd see. <gasps> Their little fingers sticking out. They're not a good guy. So I bloody knew it. That was great um, fun. The paranoia of not knowing if the person is really the person. That's the key to it, isn't it? Yeah. That's the key to a an mm. interesting shapeshifter. We had a few comments from listeners. For example, uh, Eld, uh at Podcast Wanker said one of his favorites was the uh, shapeshifter from The Boys who ended up becoming a, a sex slave. Oh, God. But... I mean, interesting. <laughs> I mean, definitely an interesting use of shapeshifting. Yeah, he could turn yeah. into whoever you wanted him to be. Yeah. But it didn't have that gross and horrible paranoia of yeah. who's bloody who and who's who they're saying they are yeah. and who isn't who they're saying they are. And the, the epitome of that is the thing. Exactly. The, the yeah. Thing oh, from, exactly. Yeah. From 1982. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. And it's a perfect example of a shapeshifter where you have, uh, it's both a doppelganger and this body horror kind of um, conversion uh, where, yeah, the, 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 the rules in that aren't as super clear uh, as rules in some of the other stories, but um, it's uh, the idea that you have this um, uh, uh, alien life force 
of some sort thingy thing yeah, yeah this alien like yeah. thing uh that's been buried under uh, 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 uh under the ice for um you know millennia and then it's suddenly brought up and then it just it does what it does it just it just replicates and so it starts um uh, copying people and uh um, what, what what's interesting about the thing compared to the invasion of the body snatchers is that in the invasion of the body snatchers, like if they're copying Mick, Mick's asleep. We make a new Mick, then we kill uh, Mick. Uh, ah. We kill Mick Alpha. Oh. Um, but uh, if um, uh, in <laughs> they, we try to kill Mick Alpha, um, yeah, it probably won't work. Uh, <laughs> but, you know this podcast too well. <laughs> what happens in uh, in uh, the thing is that it they're simultaneous so it overwrites you as it's as it's taking you over it goes yeah. through this horrible body horror yuck and uh, yeah. it overwrites your body and it becomes you uh, yeah or you become it or you become it yeah exactly it's uh, or whichever yeah and then you have but it isn't clear it isn't no because then you have the incredible scene with the blood where this is happening at a cellular level mm. so everyone's tied up in the uh the, the the chairs and they have to do the McCready has to do the heated wire in the blood test. And you know what was funny about that heated wire in the blood test? When Ben was talking about putting the iron on the changelings, that was the first oh, thing I wow! thought of. Brilliant! Because you know, it goes bah! and then it, it skitters off exactly. up the chimney. That's fantastic. I'll have to email now uh, John Carpenter and see if that was on his mind. <laughs> that's very, but it could be you know what I mean like if he looked up shapeshifter myths that's a common one like absolutely that's pretty big it's it's similar to what um, just just to wrap it up because I think we're miles over time are we oh, we're not too far over we're time too far on. over time um, Mick is going to edit out all his mistakes from this week so it's fine that should give us about five minutes six minutes seven <laughs> minutes ten minutes uh, <laughs> worth of extra time to play with um, Mick is now flexing yeah. at him just to kind of, you know, just to kind of make show me. But it's okay, I'm safe because of COVID restrictions. Um, I'm dreading the day I have to go back into the tiny room. But it's very similar to nice flex, It Steven. Follows. It's very, oh, very, yeah, very, it very follows. similar to It Follows. Um, it Follows is that wonderful paranoia of, is that the person it's supposed to be? And the best thing about It Follows as an entity is, it is a shapeshifter in the sense that it takes on the form of people you know or trust or like mm-hmm. or maybe don't like in certain cases, but only you can see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but by the time you realize that something's coming towards you, you might not have time to check if it's actually there. So there's a couple of scenes in that film where um, at one point... The the boy at the beginning of the film that that transfers the curse to the main character, he says, oh, man, why is that girl just staring at us? And the main character turns around and goes, what girl? And then he mm. realizes very, very quickly that that's the entity that's been following him around. There's another scene where the main character's grandmother is approaching her Um and her grandmother is is supposed to be dead. So it's a really unnerving moment where... It has all the physical limitations of a person because it can only walk in the direction of the person it's following. That's that's the rule of the, the entity. It can't move at a speed faster than walking. So there's all kinds of videos on the internet about how you could beat the entity from <laughs> it. Just, just go, you know, to, get go a, to Bali. <laughs> yeah, get a get around the year flight uh, once a year yeah. to the other side of the world and you'd be fine because it, it takes it that long to, to walk. It can't get on planes or anything like that. It has to do it in real time. Uh, so it would walk under the ocean and do all that, and ben, you know, I yeah. like doing it in real time. 
Yeah, I like doing it in real time. It's great. Um, so, yeah, in general, it's a fascinating entity yeah. because it takes on the form of people you might trust. Sometimes it takes on the form of your crush or your boyfriend or your girlfriend. And you don't realize because it doesn't talk. Yeah. Um, but you don't realize until it's very close to you and you're like, hey, how are you? And then you're like, why aren't you talking to me? And then you would get a thing similar to Steven's movie where you're like, oh, you don't see yourself today. Maybe my boyfriend's in a bad mood. And then like, no, wait, it's an entity that's going to snap my bones. Um, yeah. And it's uh, yeah, very absolutely. unnerving. And what I love about that as well is that it's a curse that's, ha- that, that, that's transferred um, w- w- when you've had sex with somebody. Um, yeah. So so what? So it kind of takes the shapeshifter um, uh, ideas that we've been looking at and kind of splits it in two. So not only is the... Um, so the person you have sex with is just a regular human. They're not a shapeshifter, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. they are a shapeshifter in the kind of the the everyday ordinary sense where they're ha- where they're showing you a persona and they're lying to you just yeah, yeah. just to sleep with you. Um, like they're trying just trying to sleep with you, and then after they've slept with you, they're a whole new person. Um, they're suddenly they running away anymore. from you they're at top speed <laughs> yeah and, and not talking to you and not interested in the fact that you're now cursed and uh, it's it's um it, it really taps into that kind of the, the 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 real life horror of the dating world where people are always lying and pretending to be uh other than they are and uh mm. you know it's 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 a, a really really good shapeshifter story in the Worst possible scary paranoid <laughs> in the way. way that it just might be true. Oh <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, no! Um, yeah, so um, that's pretty much it, ladies and gentlemen. What do you think of shapeshifters overall? What shapeshifters most unnerving? I don't like you? them. But I get rid of them, Ben. Get rid of them. Yep. Uh, not for you, Michael. It's for the listeners. Um, so overall, what what unnerved you most in a shapeshifter story? Was it perhaps a Donald Sutherland? Um, was it perhaps a bloody It Follows? Was it perhaps a bloody X-Files. Skinwalker from Navajo Legend? Or mm. do you just not trust your kids? Yeah. Um, which one is it? Uh, let us know. You can get in touch with us in a couple. Ben, of, yeah. we've also ignored a whole other subgenre of shapeshifters oh, in one. science fiction spy shapeshifters. The likes of your Odos and oh, your yeah. Mystiques. And you're even your your chameleons. Also, we've ignored uh, your kind of science fiction technology relentless pursuit shapeshifters yeah. like the oh, T1000. We're going to have to do a part two, Michael. We're going to have to do a part two. There's a lot. I have to come two. on the podcast again, Stephen. Well, I didn't even talk about the X Files, and anyone who knows me for a long time knows me not talking about the X Files is rarer than me talking about the X Files. I have to be stopped talking about the X Files. But yeah, they had a whole big thing of shapeshifters. They repeat numerous ones. Um, well, yeah. Maybe a part two down the line. We'll just have to do part two. It's going to have to happen, lads. Part two. Part two. In a slightly different form, maybe. Huh? Huh? Ah! Yeah, there'll still be a podcast about Oh, very good. Yeah, very good. Uh, Yeah, anyway. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, you can find us in a couple of different places on the internet. We're on... Yeah. Ben, say, say thank you to our guest before you wrap up. Oh yeah, yeah. I haven't, I haven't gotten to that part yet. It's, it's I know. Different so points in different places. Ben, uh, so you can find no. us in different places. No, Ben, you do the thank you to the guest first. Are we doing the <laughs> ASMR? Bit? Is this the ASMR section? Is this <laughs> the, the ASMR? It's the ASMR. He's taking his headphones off. This is going to get longer. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to give a massive thank you to Dr. Stephen Benjamin. J. Cadwell, who was Do nice you, enough, is not this, only... Is this podcast to, getting longer and harder every week? <laughs> not only... Not, no, that's COVID uh, restrictions and lockdown, oh. Stephen. Um, uh, <laughs> so, uh, we would like to extend a massive thank you to Dr. Stephen J. Cadwell, who not only came on this podcast and put up with us um, for an hour and a bit, but also gave us the topic for this very week, which is going to turn into a two-parter. What a win. What a win. What a win. Content gold. Thank you, Stephen. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Thank you. Stephen, where can people watch your film? Uh, yes. YouTube. Um, so if you go to um, YouTube, uh, youtube.com forward slash Cadwell Jones, um, which is a name Rachel Dowling calls me. Um, ah. Glop. Ah. Um, the original Glop. The original podcast. Glop. Uh, but yeah, if you go to youtube.com Cadwell Jones forward slash Cadwell Jones, you can find it. It's called Not Yourself. It. Evo Mahoney turns in a great performance, as do um, Fayez and uh, a different Ben, who's not that Ben. But they do a great job, but um, uh, it, it, it's not a great film. It's the start of a great film. And ah, we're going to edit that part out. We'll have no self-flagellation <laughs> no, on this podcast. If, I was going to say, if anybody wants to fund me to make it into a feature film, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, visit my Patreon. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll get in touch with uh, Screen Australia. Yeah, so they'll, they'll probably give it a go. They did do, do anything. Um, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to find that, we'll probably put it up on the Instagram at some point this week. You can find us on Instagram at Sean Rebug, S E O M R A B E A G. If you want to find this, we're also on the interwebs at www.seanrebug.com. S E O M R A B E A G means tiny room in Irish, kind of. Ah, twice cooked. Um, So, um, (laughs) excuse me. (laughs) That's it for us this week, ladies and gentlemen. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Bye. It was chaos. Pure chaos.